0: So we were we were in a prayer time uh, before the service, and we were just all waiting on the Lord for about 20, 30 minutes, and then went into to prayer. and And it's it's interesting, like what the Lord laid on Mike's heart, the Lord laid on Luna's heart, and we were just, you know, no one talked to us about it. What the Lord laid on Mike's heart, the Lord laid on my heart in in a way, and so it was fun. So so Luna wrote down this whole thing that. Uh, that we haven't heard yet because we were a little long-winded in our prayer and didn't give Luna a chance to share. No, it, it, I wasn't going <laughs> to, but I just agree. wanted to confirm what yeah. you guys were hearing. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, yeah. This is about so the I love sent, of God. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know what you were talking about, but the Lord's been speaking to me about the love, His love, and that He defines Himself um, as God is love, like He embodies that description. And and I'll, I'll read in a minute. Uh, and so we either need to change our definition of love or use a different word completely because when I, when I say I, I love something, it's not to the definition that God defines himself as. So that's what he's been speaking to me. So I sat down and wrote a few things. Um, God is love. There are thousands of copies of it, thousands of imitations of love, but it's not love. It could be infatuation or affection. But if God defines himself as love, then we need to redefine what it means to love people. The creator and father of eternity sent his son to take on the dead of humanity, to die a horrible death. And that is love. He is love. Like, that is the definition of love. And so that's what he's speaking to me. Um, That Jesus would willingly lay down his life. He would not hold on to his rights. Yet he, and in Philippians, right, it's yet he humbled himself. That he didn't cling on to anything. And he said, Okay, I'll, I'll die for them. Um, that is love. He is love. God is that. In, that's what it means to love, to um, lay down your life. And then he led me to First John 5, 1 through 3. Ah, okay. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the, Messiah, is the Messiah. Oh, this is the passion. I should say that. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Messiah, Messiah is God's spiritual child, and has been fathered by God himself. And everyone who loves Father God loves His children as well. This is how we can be sure that we love the children of God by having a passionate love for God and by obedience to His command. True love for God means obeying His commands, and His commands don't weigh us down with heavy burdens. And then you went on to talk about how, with um, First John four sixteen that God is love. So that's that's what I wrote down. Just confirming everything that they that's awesome. <laughs> they're about to release right just, now. Just pray that right. Now. Yeah. Yep. Um, Jesus, I just thank you for your love. That is a free gift. and Father, I ask that you would teach us what it means to, to love. What does that look like? You sent your son willingly, and he was so humble, and he gave of himself freely and, and had eyes of compassion and did what he heard you, you saying and speaking. Lord, teach us what it looks like to love because as i know it i i don't walk in that same um passionate love that jesus did i i have to either change my definition lord so so teach me father me in this moment um so i just thank you um that your love is free and it's a it's a gift for everyone so i just receive uh your love right now holy spirit And I just thank you for everything that you did and everything that you paid a price for. Jesus, we love you. Amen.
2: Thank you, Luna. (laughs) So good. Um, (laughs) it's about 50 different places I could go here. And, uh, There's a message I, I just shared this past Sunday, and uh, if you didn't hear it, I just encourage you uh, to go back and listen to it. It wasn't a uh, rah-rah message. It wasn't a uh, you-guys-are-doing-great message. It was a kind of a gut punch, and, uh, but I want to say I, like, I, don't, I don't purposely try to gut punch people. Um, but i also don't want to hold back exactly what the lord is putting on my heart and a lot of times we never plan we never prepare uh messages we've talked about this like weeks out we just it's exactly what the lord is putting on our heart in the moment i feel like is for us in this very time and so as we as we speak and as we're sharing things um it's it's for right now and uh and i just my heart is that we we get hold of these truths that that God has for us. Um, and a lot of these things, I'll say, you're not going to, like, these aren't messages that you hear being spoken. I don't, I've never heard the message that I preached on Sunday. <laughs> uh, never heard anyone preach it before. Uh, and so we're not regurgitating things. We're not taking things. It's just, it's, it's exactly what the Spirit just puts on our heart. Uh, and the gist of it, I'll just say, is is that if, you cannot say you love god and you cannot live in a place of abiding in god if you do not love others and uh and you may question what i'm saying or not agree with me right now but go back and listen to the message <laughs> and uh, and i just lay it out with a, with scripture uh that a lot of times i think we we say we want to abide in the lord we want to abide in his love and uh and we, we understand that as just spending time in his presence, getting into the word. And, uh, and those are all amazing things. Those are, uh, it is part of that abiding. But outside, it says you cannot abide in his love. You cannot remain in his love if you do not love others. And, uh, and I believe it's not a, it's not a request. It's not, a, it's not an option. It's not something that we go, well, we're trying our hardest. It's a command. It is something that we do not have an option not to do. And, uh, and we talk about grace and we say, well, we have grace in all these things. Yes, we do. Uh, we have grace to step into his commands and walk in his ways. Uh, we do not have grace to, to remain outside of his commands. And uh, <laughs> it says, uh, you're saved by grace through faith which faith is there's an action part in it. And sometimes we just stop at the you're saved by grace. And uh, I always say it's like grace is the key that operates the vehicle, but, but faith is what actually is putting that key in the vehicle and turning it. And if you just have a key, uh, <laughs> it doesn't actually turn the vehicle on. When you go, look, I got the key, I can drive the car. No, you have to actually place the key in the vehicle and turn it. And so there's a faith required, and it's so it is grace but through faith, and that faith is that stepping into the very place of what God has for us, and the very thing he has, he says, love me and love your neighbor, and one is not higher than the other. They are both critically important, and they are commands of the Lord, and I'll say this, it's that uh, I used this analogy on Sunday. I just said, it's uh, it's like we, we, I think we, (laughs) We honor the commands of the government more than we honor the commands of the Lord. Uh, we stop at stoplights. We do things that, because there's, there's a fear in that, right? If we don't, there's a penalty. But I believe when we're, when we're looking at the commands of Jesus, these things that he has, that he's spoken to us, this is of utmost importance, above any command and any law and any regulation and any rule on, in this world made by the government, made by anything else, these commands are life and death. These commands are the very things that we live by. And Jesus is not just our body. He is our king, and he is the Lord of lords. And so we, I feel like we're moving into a time where God is saying, look, there's, there's been a grace but he's calling us to a higher place. He's saying, I'm, I'm calling my people into that blamelessness, that holiness, that righteousness. Because this is what he's coming back. He's not coming back for a bride that is a mess. He's coming back for a bride that is pure and holy and spotless and clean. And, and it's how does, that, how does that happen? It says it's by the washing of, his, of the word. It's that it's his word washing us and cleansing us. And he talks about in John 15, he prunes us. That word is cleansing us, cleaning us. And it's by the word that he cleans us. And so we are in a time, uh, this is not just a, I feel like a, it's not just a message that, hey, this is a good one. Well, why don't we do this for this month? We'll talk about love. No, this is something that he is, he is (laughs) Putting on our hearts, I believe He's actually writing it on our heart, and uh, by the Spirit to say, "Now's the time that we capture, we get hold of this revelation, this understanding of what we're called to do, what we're commanded to do as the body of Christ." And when we step into this, there—I mean, there is there there are great things ahead. There, and this is this is what I was feeling. I'm (laughs) gonna—I wasn't planning to go there. let me read this. It says, uh, this is what Luna was referring to in John 4, 16. It says, God, I'm sorry, 1 John four sixteen It says, God is love. He actually says this back in John 4, 8. It says, God is love. Um, whoever, right before that it says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And then you move to John 4, sixteen. First John 4.16. It says, again, God is love. He repeats himself there. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God lives in him. This is that place of where we, talk, we were talking about in John 15, of remaining in, in the vine, remaining in him. It comes out of a place of walking in his love. And living in that place of loving others, and when we do that, this is how we remain in His love. And uh, I was talking to the staff on Tuesday, and and I felt felt like the Lord was taking us into this. And I wrote this in the email, into an understanding of the rhythm of His love. And uh, it's not a. It's not a forced thing. It's not something that we go, okay, I have to love. It is, it's this, I, I believe the rhythm of his love is, it's like this. We step into this place over here where we actually, uh, we behold him, just what we did right now, uh, as we were just exalting the Lord. We were looking to him, and, and we're in, you know, when you're in the word and the Holy Spirit's revealing things, uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And what happens is in that place, as we're, as we're in the Word, as we're worshiping Him, as, as the Spirit's revealing things to us, as I feel like as He writes on our heart, He begins to show us who we are. The more we look at Him, the more we see His and receive His love, the more we understand who we are because we're created in His image. We're created to, to look like him to act like him to walk like him to speak like him to love like him this is what we're created for he puts his spirit in us not so that we can just be rogue, go rogue and go do our own thing No, he puts His spirit in us that so we can be led by him in the spirit to operate the same way jesus did on this earth to live the same way he did and to have the same mindset of christ so so there's this place over here I look at it as the rhythm is we're over here in this place, and we're 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 worshiping Him, we're beholding Him, and it says in in Second Corinthians three eighteen it says, as you, what does it say? <laughs> Let me just read it word for word instead of, Amen. Right. Um. It says, and we who with unveiled faces, so there's. It says, as we turn to the Lord. Right before that, talks about as we turn to the Lord, there's an unveiling where we actually are be, be able to see Him. Uh, and so that the veil is for those that that do not know Christ. it's, it's the enemy. It puts that veil in front where they can't even see who He is, which means that they don't know who they are. And this is this place of God is God. God wants His children back. There is a groaning for. Uh, in in creation for the sons and the daughters of God to be revealed in this season, there is a strong groaning. It is almost a an audible sound that is coming. I feel like in this season, uh, this is the Lord's plan and what He wants, and what He's calling us into is this place of, of as we behold Him, with with unveiled face, with our un- unveiled faces. It says we reflect the Lord's glory, and in that we become transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. We become more and more like Christ with ever-increasing glory. It says, from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So this is where the Holy Spirit comes in and and is so critical in this process that we're in, that he's the one. When we say, well, we're abiding in his love, how do we do that? It's actually a revelation uh, by the Spirit a lot of times, with the word, with the written word, but it's logos and then it's rhema word uh, there's the rhema word, which is this it's the spoken in the moment word of the, of what God is actually doing. It always aligns with the word of God, uh, and if it doesn't, then there's something there's something off so this is I feel like this is always that uh, that kind of that that true north like you can kind of set things, and I think I heard what the Lord said, but does it line up with, with this? And yeah, it does. Okay, uh, let's move forward. If it doesn't, go back and just check it. It's that good check. Because a lot of times we go, we're just led by the Spirit. It's great. Um, a lot of times people get off on that as well they, uh, because they think they're hearing the Spirit. They're hearing some Spirit, but they may not be the Spirit of God. <laughs> so be careful to the voice you're listening to and always check it with the Word. Uh, that's that uh, those who worship Him will worship Him in Spirit. And in truth and they're they're both critically important the other side of it is when it's just the word just this word uh, it says the letter kills but the spirit brings life and so we have to be careful too that that we don't just get stuck in this because the Pharisees the Sadducees they knew the Torah they knew the Word of God better than anyone and they were the very ones that killed Jesus so and Jesus and, and Satan I've said this before Satan is he, he used the very word of God, a great scripture, Psalm 91. I'm like, where, why did you have to use that one?" <laughs> but Satan used it word for word to try to 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 take Jesus off course. So again, it's just spirit and truth. But, but this is that so we, we behold Him, we become like him, and it's the spirit that actually is a critical part of that. That's, he's the, the part of the triune. God that is now on the inside of us that he's put in us that now forms us and and sets us into that position that we truly become like God that we become we're conformed or formed into the image of God by the spirit. And so this is what he's doing and and love is a critical piece of this and and I love what Luna said this is not a it's not the counterfeit love. It's not the love of the, that the world would call love. It's a love that is a totally different definition. It's a laid-down sacrificial love, and it's by this love that, that we will be known as followers of Jesus, that we will be known as disciples in this, in this world. And it's a love that, will, uh, that confounds the wisdom of the wise. It, it just it doesn't make sense to the world. Um, but it it will break down barriers, it will break down walls, and it's the very thing that reveals the heart of the Father, is this love that we we carry, the same love that is God. God is love. When we reveal that love, it begins to change everything. So, do you want to add to that? Yeah,
0: just just for a second. Um, I love what you said about the rhythm of love. I was... In Philippians chapter 1 and as Mike has been talking about this to the staff this is this is what the Lord brought up in my heart probably about a week and a half ago and then and then I walked away from the message on Sunday praying this same verse and so Philippians chapter 1 verse verse 9 it's it starts out and it says this is how Paul is praying for the for the Philippian church and he's praying that their love would abound still more and more. And then it says, with knowledge and all discernment. And then there's a so that. So that, so this is what this is gonna produce. If love is abounding more and more in knowledge and all discernment, it will produce, it says, so that you may approve what is excellent. And when I think of that rhythm of love, I think of the Lord molding me into His image, like Mike is saying. I'm being transformed into His image. And then He's given me opportunity to approve what He approves, to call excellent what He calls excellent, and that is laying down my life for my brother, laying down my life for my sister, serving and going low and preaching the gospel and lifting others up, and but if our love isn't abounding still more and more, if we're not growing in knowledge and discernment, we're gonna walk by those opportunities to prove things that are excellent. So that rhythm of love, we're gonna get out of rhythm. <laughs> if you've ever played music with an out of rhythm musician, it's not fun to play. <laughs> Just coming as a musician. So I, I love that about the rhythm of love. We, want to, we wanna be ready to like jump in the band. We wanna be ready to jump in this symphony with the holy spirit and we know our cue and we sense it and we go "Oh, i'm gonna approve that that's god giving me an opportunity to look like him in the earth and to lead people to him and then as mike was talking about um i love this the lord is coming back for a pure and spotless bride and a lot of the time we ask the question how is the lord going to get his body pure and spotless. I mean, I ask that question a lot. We're in trouble right now. Like,
2: dear Lord, but <laughs> look um, at the body of Christ. He loves us. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: He does love us. So, how is the Lord going to do that? There's a verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 that we were in earlier, and again, Paul's praying, again, for a church that he's planted. This is the Thessalonica church. And it says in verse 11, 1 Thessalonians 3, 11, now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And then verse 12, and may the Lord, this is how he's praying for them, make you increase and abound in love. But then he puts a definition to it. Increase and abound in love for one another and for all. Now you're like, okay, that's great. I want to increase. I want to abound in love. But then what Paul says this is going to produce in the Thessalonican church, I think is kind of shocking. He goes, if you are increasing and abounding in love for all, he says, as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all the saints. So how do we grow In holiness, how do we grow in blamelessness? How are our hearts rooted and established in holiness? Our love is increasing for one another and for all. And that love has to be the biblical love of sacrificial, laying down your life, going low love that Jesus showed us. He goes, when you show that to others, that's the other side of the coin of loving me it's loving others, and then you grow in holiness. You grow in blamelessness. You grow in purity, and we are going to be that pure and spotless bride that Jesus comes back for. So, anyway, those were two things that were, that were touching me in just my own meditations as you were, as you were uh, bringing those in. So, go ahead. That's good. No, back to you, Mike. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Marcus. Um, so, this is good. So, that rhythm… I want to just continue in this understanding of the rhythm is there is this there's this inflow that if we if we don't behold him and we don't become like him if we don't behold him we don't become like him um and so there is a there's a part in James uh is it 1 122 that that talks about like it's it's a man who looks at himself in the mirror and then uh, and then forgets he turns away and forgets who he is, and I just see that in the same way as second Corinthians three eighteen. as we behold him, as we as we look at him, we become like him, as we look in that mirror, we we, see, we, we know who we are in Christ. The problem is you turn away from the mirror, and then it says that, in the man like forgets what he looks like. He forgets who he is, and I, this is what we do. I think we come in on Sunday morning and we're like, "Ah, oh, we're beholding him. We know who we are like. And then we get to Monday morning, and we're like, who are we? <laughs> and we're going off and yelling and screaming and all, you know, whatever it is. And uh, then we get back to Sunday, and we're like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and, and the rhythm, I feel like, we never, we never actually get out of his love. We're always, we're, it's that abide in me, remain in me. So it's not just a Sunday morning thing. It's a Monday morning Monday at noon, Monday afternoon, Monday evening, <laughs> and and you're constantly aware of the Holy Spirit and what He's speaking and what He's doing, and, and this should be, this is that rhythm that we're going to walk in, but here's the second part. So, there's that, but then out of that, there's, this is where we're loving the Lord our God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and I feel like the rhythm is this two-part there, and then it's that love others as I have loved you, and so now we're, this is for every one of us. I was, I was talking to Marcus about this, I think, or I was just saying, yeah, I was talking to someone today about it, but um, that, uh, that a lot of times I hear, well, I'm not an evangelist. That's, that's not my calling. And I'm like, where do, you, where do we have this thing that, that only evangelists in the calling are the ones that, that actually share the love of Jesus with others? Like every person, if you're a follower of Christ, You're commanded to preach the gospel. You're commanded to go and make disciples. You're commanded to love your neighbor. You're commanded to love others with a life laid down. Not just the evangelists. Not just the ones that are, (laughs) well, I'm an introvert. I'm not, I don't have the, I don't, I'm not good with talking with other people. It's a command. It's not an option. It's not something that, well, that's for those people and this is for others. But it doesn't come out of a place of obligation. It comes out of an overflow of his love that if we love others, I mean, if we have that love of the God in us, we will love others. And if you're not feeling that love for others, then I would encourage you, get in this place over here, begin to get in the rhythm of his love, to know him, to look at him, look in the mirror that you go, oh, I know who I am now. So now I can go. And as you walk out, now you're like, now I'm, I'm revealing the love of the Father because that's who I'm made to be. I'm, I'm made to carry that love. And so now you're, you're carrying out that love. And the ultimate thing, you look at John 15, and he talks about abiding in the vine. And a lot of people just stop with the abiding in the vine, and, and they don't... The whole point of it is that there is a fruit to be released. It says, I chose you. This is the, the last part of that kind of uh, section of, of John 15 about abiding in the vine. It says, I chose you and I appointed you to go and to bear fruit. Sounds very similar to the Great Commission, right? Go, therefore, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them all my commands, and then I'll be with you until the end of the age. I'll be with you always. Till the end of the age. Um, there is a, this is this fruit that he says, so I chose you, I appointed you to go and to bear fruit, fruit that will last. And it says, then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, love each other. <laughs> um, let me say, I was, uh, we were this morning, we were just praying together. We, have a, we meet on Wednesday mornings for a few hours with the uh, executive team. Um, and it's real, I feel like this, the Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we have Tuesday as our staff meeting from 9 to 12, and uh, and what we do is we just get into the presence of the Lord. For three hours, we just seek Him. Uh, it's different every time, but our meetings are never about business. It's about the Holy Spirit and, and Him leading us, giving us revelation and direction of where we're going. Wednesday is our executive team, um, and this very similar for the first hour, hour and a half. We just get before the Lord. We'll worship. We'll get into the Word, and we'll say, God, what are you doing? And, uh, and as, as uh, Rachel, uh, Marcus's wife, she just, we were in this from Tuesday, and then she carried it over into this morning and, and was reading this. And it, it, it just, it's so good. It ties right in with this. And I wanted to just, this is what, this is what it says in Colossians 1.9. It says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to do this, to fill you with the knowledge of his will. This, this is love. When we understand the knowledge of his will, his will is that we love one another, that we love him and that we love one another. So we get filled with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding, not of this world. It's a spiritual wisdom and understanding. And, and then What? It says, and I pray this for what reason? In order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and that you may please Him in every way. Romans 12.2 talks about this. It says that we don't conform to the pattern of this world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we would be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, His pleasing, and His perfect will. It's that same position of... This is His pleasing will that we would operate in that place of His pleasing will, that we would please Him in every way. And then it says this, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. Again, I see this as this, this is that rhythm of His love. We grow in the knowledge of God. When we grow in the knowledge of God we now know who we are in Christ. We have a greater understanding of, of our of our position and our, our creation as like, okay, I know who I am because I know I have the knowledge of God, and now I know what He's created me to be. Now we step over, and now there's fruit released. I, I was talking to my dad earlier this week, and uh, he had a great analogy for this, and I was going to use it on Sunday, and I totally spaced it. It just <laughs> didn't happen. But um, but this, was, this is a great way to look at it. It's like this. It's like the, the Dead Sea. Uh, there, is, there is life teeming with fish and things that, that flow into the Dead Sea. But there is no life that flows out of the Dead Sea. It, all it does is everything that flows in dies. <laughs> if it goes into that Dead Sea, if you've ever been to the Dead Sea, I mean, it's crazy. You can sit in there and, like, just float because of the amount of it's super saturated with salt. And uh, if you open your eyes underwater, you'll probably lose your eyesight. <laughs> it is so, uh, such a saturation of, of salt in there that it kills all life. There is no life in the Dead Sea. So here it is. You have life coming in, and this is the part of the rhythm of love. If we just, if we just receive his love and worship him and say, God, I love you, like, we're like the Dead Sea. You have everything flowing in, but nothing is flowing out, and this is not what we were created for. But there's like, if at the at the headwaters there, in a sense, the upper end, you got the Sea of Galilee, and you've got water flowing into that, and then you, out of it is the Jordan River that goes between there down to the Dead Sea, and uh, and there you have life coming in, and you have life going out, and it's a beautiful it's a beautiful lake if you've ever been on the Sea of Galilee. Uh, amazing lake that kind of sits down in the in the valley there, and um, but it teems with life, and it's because you have life flowing in and you have life flowing out, and so I think as we're as we're looking at this, and I think what's happened with the church, Big Sea Church, is that we've we've been taught that the main thing is just love God. If you love God, you're going to be great. You got everything. And uh, it's not about the fruit. It's not about loving others. Like, those are good things to do if you can, maybe. But, man, we're just going to come to church. We're going to worship God. We're going to read our Bibles, pray every day, and we grow, grow, grow. (laughs) And we miss the whole part of, of what has to flow out. And that's the love that he actually pours into us. That is the command, and it's one of the two commandments that said that this, is, this fulfills the law and the prophets. This is everything. If we get these two things, if we get this, this rhythm of, his, of loving God and then loving others, I believe we're going to see a greater fruitfulness than we've ever seen. This is what we're called to. Let me jump in there, Mike.
0: Um, Colossians. So it's Mike quiet. brought up Colossians 1. <laughs> Oh, it's a good, they're, 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 they're with us. Okay. Colossians 1, Mike brought up Colossians 1, so he's praying for the Colossian church to be filled with the knowledge of his will and that they would walk in a manner worthy, that they would bear fruit, worthy of Jesus. And then in Colossians 3, it's almost like he's, he starts to teach about what he's praying for them to do. And this goes right along with the idea that we... We behold Jesus, and then we become like him in his nature, in his character. So the same guy that wrote that is writing this, and he's just teaching it in a little bit different way. He says in Colossians 3.10, right before he says, you've put off the old self with its practices, and now he says, and you have put on the new self, and here's the tie-in, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So there's a renewing that's happening when we put on the new self, and it's in knowledge. I like to even replace that word knowledge by, by the word experience. As we experience Jesus, as we experience the one that we're being made like, we're being renewed. And, and then right after that, in verse 12, there's a therefore. So what do we do when we're renewed in knowledge after the image of our creator, when we become like him? Therefore, we have compassionate hearts. We are kind. We walk in humility. We are patient. We bear with one another. If anyone has a complaint against us, we forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. And above all these, verse 14, put on love, which binds everything together. But, but all of those are like external, how we treat, how we come alongside people, how I uh, repent to someone when I mess up. And it's not, this isn't I, the full list. I mean, we'd have to put probably seven or eight passages in the New Testament together to get the full definition of what this sacrificial love is going to look like. But I love that because it's Paul's going, hey, we put on the new self, and we become like Jesus. And then right after that, what do we do? We love like Jesus loved others. So anyway, I was just seeing that as you were really talking good. about beholding and becoming.
2: So I was, I was talking to someone else earlier today, and I was like, man, I just feel like this is a season of, like, there's just fresh revelation. And it's like, there's, there's almost not time to process it fully. I mean, it's like we get it on Wednesday and preach it on Sunday. (laughs) And so, um, but it was interesting. As I said this, I want to just share this because I feel like it's really cool. I I remember this prophetic word from David Wagner. Uh, This was back on uh, September of 2019, and it was to the church. And I'm just going to read just a part of this. But he says this. um, He says, I've changed I have changed the palate and the appetite of this house, and I've changed the buffet table and made it a family table. All those who are thirsty, come and drink. All those who are hungry and have no food for bread, let them come and eat. And he goes, funny picture. If you've ever seen a Krispy Kreme donut, when the donuts are hot, they flash this sign, hot and fresh now. (laughs) And he said this, he goes, I feel like this is a sign over the house, the Holy Ghost is going to just it, like, reveal his, this, this wisdom, this revelation, and you're going to see this hot and fresh now. And, uh, and I love it. I feel like this is what he's doing in this season. And, I, and I, this was from 2019, and, and it feels like it's kind of taken maybe up until the last six months, maybe nine months um, but it's almost like we can't keep up with what the Lord is just revealing in this season. And it's like, oh, gosh, we we really should hit this more. But now there's this revelation, and now there's this revelation. And and he's just kind of hitting these things. So I feel like we're in this time of, like, we're going to see this hot and fresh now. Here it is. <laughs> Here's the revelation. And, and these are good donuts. <laughs> these are the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> If you don't like donuts, these are sugar-free donuts. They're healthy donuts. If you do like sugar, these are filled with sugar. <laughs> they're perfect for whatever you like. But, they're, but I do feel like this is a season where the Lord is taking us. The, actually, the next thing he says there, he goes, the table of the sons and daughters is set, and the father is sitting at the head t- of the table. I have good news for you. We will all sit at the kid's table because the kid's table is the king's table. And there's healing in the, in the children's bread. And there is about to be an increase in a healing anointing upon the house. Um, so I, I feel like uh, this, is not, this is a season of there should be an excitement of what the Lord is doing. We need to press in. We need to walk in a radical obedience in this season to, to His Word, to His truths, being led by the Spirit. And, uh, and let it be grounded in love. It's that, I talked about it with, like, 1 Corinthians 13. If, if you have not love, you have nothing. You're a, you're a gong or a symbol. Like, there, there is no, uh, you're a sound, but there's no there's no depth. Everything that we do has to be grounded in love. It's this rhythm of love. It's going to be grounded in receiving and knowing his love, seeing him for who he is, which reveals who we are. And then operating in that love, and that way, if we don't, if we if we have that second part, I feel like there's going to be life teeming within us. There's going to be fruitfulness coming from us. And again, when we when it talks about fruitfulness in here, when it talks about fruitfulness in in Colossians one, it's that it says that we bear fruit in every good work. But guess what? We don't produce. We we can't force fruit. It's not like okay, I'm gonna. Um, um, When we're a branch, we don't have the option of of when the fruit is produced and say, I'm going to squeeze some fruit out there. (laughs) It just doesn't work like that. Our job is not to worry about the fruit. Our job is to actually worry about the obedience, walking in His ways and knowing His love and revealing His love, and then the fruit will come. There's a scripture um, in Romans 8. I think, I don't know if I wrote it down. Uh, The way it says it in the Passion Translation is just so good. Uh, I don't know if I have it. I thought I did. Um, Well, I'm sorry, not Romans 8, John 15. John 15 in the Passion Translation. Do you have that? Do, do, do. Marcus is pulling it up here. It's like verse. Hold on. All right, so John 15, in the Passion Translation, it says this. Uh, Start verse 4. So it says, So you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as, as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. And he says this, I'm the sprouting vine. You're the branches. And as you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. So I just love the way that says that. That's the rhythm. If we just try to love others out of our own power and we go out and we go, we're just going to (laughs) love, that's not going to work either. Because it's not coming from a place of knowing who he is and his love that that would flow in and through us it's it's getting this love and then revealing that love to others and I'll tell you, I just feel like like we've been in this season just recently of like we're not operating out of like I, I got to go pray for someone or something we Marcus and I went out to uh, just went out to grab a bite real quick because we were like, well let's just kind of press into the message. We didn't really even get to press into the message, because we walk in and we just had the opportunity to just start praying for people, and uh, we prayed for one lady, and then we got to pray for another lady, and then and then our server, we got her aunt just died two two days ago, and, and we got to pray over her, and she's uh, she's uh, from Nepal, she's uh, I think, yeah, but what's the religion? I think it's Hindu. I think she's Hindu, and uh, but we just got to pray the love of Jesus over her. And, uh, and, and it wasn't out of a place of, this is where we have to be careful. We're not trying to convert people. Don't ever try to convert someone. Uh, and that, like, well, do you know Jesus? And let me, you need to say this prayer. Um, what you're doing is allow the Holy Spirit to move in and through you. And, and just speak the very things that, that, he, that he shows you about that person. He'll reveal things that you'll have it'll blow your mind and and all you do is just release those things and you share the love of Jesus but don't hold back don't shrink back and be like well I don't want to I don't want to say Jesus because they might be offended by that you just do exactly what the holy spirit leads you to do and uh they're not going to be offended. The, the and if they are offended, it's gonna it's gonna offend them in a good way. That it's gonna kind of shake up their world a little bit. But you just walk in obedience. Uh, that's the key. Don't try to don't try to set it with a lot of times. What we do is we have we have things that have worked in the past, and so we go. Well, I'm going to do that because it worked for this person. And man, that's going to blow up in your face. <laughs> uh, we never operate with the traditions of man. Uh, that actually, null, it says it. You know, in Mark eight, it says when we when we operate in that place, it very it nullifies the word of God. And that's the that's that's the ability for the Holy Spirit to work in and through us. It nullifies this because we're stuck in a tradition of thinking we know how to do things. Uh, he says his ways are higher than ours, so we're never supposed to operate from a, from a mindset of we know what we're doing. Our mindset is we don't know what we're doing our mindset is that complete humility it's the place that Jesus walked in not actually operating out of his own divinity or his own ability and his own mindset it says he just he he only did what he heard the father or he only said what he heard the father say and only did what he saw the father do that was complete humility humility is a dependence upon god it's a complete dependence upon the lord that's the position we're supposed to walk in it's part of the rhythm Is love so that
0: so um so one thing that I've been I think one thing that was on my heart for us to end with is just to to talk about how do we respond to calls like this to messages like this and it's really how do we respond to biblical truth how do we respond to biblical love how do we and and i i've i don't say this to to say anything about me but but i've i've been in this place a lot where i've been convicted where i've been um called higher where i've where i've known that i can't do this on my own and i would just I would encourage you to do this. The response is a conversation with the Lord. The response is not hearing these verses, but taking these verses into your quiet time, taking these verses before the Lord and asking Him to do this in you. Teach me how to do this. Use me in this type of love. Give me revelation, living understanding. And... Um, and so I felt like that was my, that was my Philippians 1. That's why I kind of kept going back there because Philippians 1 is a prayer. And I've just found myself praying this. Lord, let my love abound. And that's not just one time, still more and still more. If God's love is endless for us, then our encounter of his love and our growth in his love can be endless, right? Right? And so I want the still more and the still more. I want more, more intimate experiences with him personally, and I want more revelation and, and power in ministry and laying down my life in preaching the gospel. I want it all. And I don't want to pick and choose, oh, I'm comfortable with this type of the love of God, but not this type of the love of God. It's all the love of God, and I want it all. But then I confess, but God... I'm weak, I'm broken, I don't know how to do this. And he's like, that's exactly who I'm looking for. I, that's exactly who I'm looking for. If you rose up and said, I know how to do this, no. Because this is not a human motive, this is not something we stir up within ourselves. I love that thing, like, I can't produce this fruit. It's impossible, but who can? The Holy Spirit inside of me, leading me, guiding me. I love how Mike ended uh, Sunday morning um, because I really think this is part of that rhythm of love. And he just shared the testimony of how the Lord's been just touching his heart with love as he's been hearing people's stories and asking them, uh, do they know Jesus? And asking if he can pray for them. And yeah, you can pray for this because this is really hurting. And then he feels that compassion for them, and he he wants to pray for them. He wants to share the love of Jesus with them. He wants to... Take the extra 10, 15 minutes, but it's because he's been hungry for it in the secret place, and he's been asking God to do that in his heart, and then he's been putting himself in circumstances where, okay, the Holy Spirit's like, I'm going to give you exactly what you've been asking for, and I'm going to do this through you. It's that type of rhythm. So I would just encourage you to, to, to talk to the Lord about it, ask him to use you in it, and then commit to obedience. Just commit. Now it's the it's the the sports analogy. You practice what you want to do on the field. You commit to that in the practice before you get into the game. I think there's a great uh, Christy has a great something with tennis, like a uh, example of that. Like she visualizes where she wants to hit the ball before she hits the ball. Yeah, she's a great tennis player. She was Division One. So it was yeah. She was
2: explaining it as when you. When you're in tennis, when you're in a match, you know where you're gonna where you're gonna uh, hit. Um, <laughs> what's the word? Yeah, no. You're, how you're gonna receive and where? Yeah, and where that ball's gonna go. You know whether you're gonna hit it down the line or whether you're gonna hit a cross court before that ball even comes over the net. And I think a lot of times we as, what we do is we ju- we're just waiting for the serve to come over, and then we're like, oh, where do I want to hit it? And and I think it's that. I already know what like when it comes over when the serve comes over i know where i'm going i know what i'm going to do with
0: that so that was that i think that's the we make the decision lord i'm going to do this i'm going to obey you in this um just a just a and then when we mess up we plus we press delete we move on we don't get wrapped in shame and guilt we go man I, i think i missed that god when you bring that person in my path, help me not to miss that again. We, help me. And yeah. I, there's, a, there's an example last year, I kept walking by people with, um, with crutches. And, and, and they were kind of like severe cases. And I knew I was supposed to pray for them. Like in my heart, I just had that like, I need to pray for this person. But then I chickened out. And so I took that before the Lord, at when he brought it up in my heart again, and, and, and I had conviction, and I said, Lord, thank you for that conviction. Lord, I ask that you would help me the next time you lead me to give me courage, give me boldness. Well, guess what happened? I messed up again. The Lord brought a guy down my path with crutches, uh, with, with, with a limp, and, and, and his wife was carrying all these pizzas, and I I had all these excuses of, oh, this isn't a good time. They're trying to get to the car. There's pizzas, and they're hot, and they're probably going home to their family. So I explained it away. I got before the Lord. A couple days later, he goes, you know, I was, I was telling you to do that. I was like, oh, I did it again. Lord, give me courage. Lord, give me boldness. And it was that third time where I kind of took those weaknesses to the Lord and just said courage and boldness. It was that third time I was with my daughter, and, and there was this precious 15-year-old with a with a cane and she was limping and um and i was like okay here we go and but we grow in this we we're not perfect right away and and we and if we mess up one time we we don't uh, go well that's going to define my preaching the gospel experience for the rest of my life and i'm not an evangelist we go no lord show me how to preach the gospel show me how to pray for the sick show me There was, um, Mike brought this up, I just wanna share this real quick. I I had a fresh experience with this on um, Saturday night. We were in downtown Colorado Springs and my son was, uh, they were having a big dance performance in a park in downtown Colorado Springs and he dances for a Christian hip hop dance company. And so lots of Christian music, lots of, you know, a big crowd and I just had a feeling that the Lord was gonna put someone in my path to preach the gospel to. And I remember and I, I, I remember having this conversation with, or getting this impression from the Holy Spirit, and I just said out loud, Lord, if you bring people and you put them before me and you, sh- you highlight them to me, I will share the gospel with them on, Sa- this was Saturday morning, on Saturday evening. And sure enough, there was, so there was that like, there was that impression and then I was like, I just commit in my heart to do this and sure enough there was this young man and he came at the very end of the performance I had gone I'd stood up and, and gone to stand in the back because it was hot and I wanted to find some shade <laughs> We were just burning in the Sun and um, and it was it was it was called a, a, a lyrical dance but it was to that song um, Oh, shoot, what was it? Well, it was, it was a worship song about the love of God and about, oh, your love's so deep, it's washing over me, your face is all I see. So I see this young man, and he's just walking by, and he walks up to the booth, and he goes, hey, what is this? And the guy explains, oh, we're a, a dance company, and this is our year-end performance. And, and he, so he goes, huh. He goes and walks and just kind of leans by the tree as this last piece is starting and it's a powerful piece and these dancers are worshiping Jesus publicly and i'm just seeing the holy spirit tee this up and i go that guy is experiencing the holy spirit and he's experiencing Jesus's love for him as he's watching this so the dance gets over and i go and i just say hey do you know Jesus do you know who they were singing to he goes oh i know Jesus and he was just ready to fight and and the Jesus that, he says, I know who Jesus is. I know who Jesus is. And, and he's mad at the church, and he's mad at organized religion, and we should be worshiping the, the gods of, our, of the ancestors of the land and all of this stuff. But I asked him this question. I said, let me ask you this question. Did you experience anything? Did you feel love, and did you feel a presence when you were watching that performance? And it just shut him up. And he goes, I did. And I said, that was the Holy Spirit manifesting Jesus' love for you. And, and I said, I know you think you know who Jesus is, but what you experience, that love, that presence, that's Jesus' love for you. That's what he's uh, inviting you to experience. Do you want to experience that? no, I don't want your prayers, man. You know, and it, it was just like confrontation again. And it, but he said, I did experience something. As, But I just share that story to go, okay, there was a moment in prayer that morning where I was like, this might happen. And there was just that fresh commitment in my heart. Okay, if that happens, I'm going to deny myself and I'm going to make myself available for the Holy Spirit. And then it, it happened. I was like, oh, well, that's great. And then I woke up Saturday. This is another, when we do this, guys these experiences stay with you, and you start to pray for these people. I woke up Sunday morning at about 2 a.m. just with the spirit of prayer for this young man, and I was just like, Lord, encounter Eric. Lord, draw him into your love. Lord, so you walk away, even if they reject, you get to be an intercessor, and the Holy Spirit's going to bring remembrance of these people, and you are going to ask for the Lord to encounter them. Mike, Mike said, I'm sure you're going to see that guy in a couple of years or something's going to happen to where that, he puts the story together, you know? So and anyway. You're, and you're doing it out of a place of
2: love. It, it's I not felt a, it's not love a, for this. When he, was
0: wa- when he was leaning against the tree watching this, yeah. I went, I felt the love of God for this. That's young man. it. Yeah. And it was like, how could I not? How could I not so I feel like that's the
2: him. thing. This is what we need to press into as we're as I'm out there especially on Saturdays praying with people now i almost kind of like oh like i'm trying to hold it together and i'm praying for people and i'm crying as much as they are about the things that they're going through <laughs> and uh, and i it hasn't always been like that but i feel like there's a tenderness i'm crying now more even just like when i'm here and i, I just there's a tenderness i believe that the lord is is doing to the church with his church with his people and, and that, those tears, I feel like they soften our heart. They position our heart uh, to just to align with his heart. Uh, tears, I know, in the world, are, especially for men, it's like a sign of weakness. Like, if you're crying, phew, you're weak. <laughs> men don't cry. But I'm like, man, I think real men, like, when we cry, when we have those tears, uh, that it softens our heart to have the heart of Jesus. This guy over here, cries all the time, <laughs> and I'm like, I want his heart, I want those tears, <laughs> like, there's such a tenderness that Marcus has, of, and, it's, and it's beautiful, and I, I've just been feeling that more and more, that tenderness as I pray for others, that I'm not just praying for them, and thinking about how I'm going to convert them, or t- tell them about Jesus, I am, in, I'm like, feeling their heart, and feeling where they are, and then the Lord is just revealing things, so... I want to just close with, I, I wrote this this morning, got up at 6 a.m., and I'm just going to read the second part here. I just want to, and then, but I'll tell you what, just, let's just stand up, and and uh, I just feel like we have an opportunity to engage in something that, in a greater level than we've ever engaged, and it's, and it's a simple yes. But here's what I, I just wrote. I, you can go back and read the first part. But this is the response. I said, for those who respond with a yes to this invitation, we are about to enter into an adventure and a journey that will blow our minds. For those who have seen the movie Lord of the Rings, we're about to leave the Shire for the first time. You guys ever seen the Lord of the Rings? (laughs) The Shire is that comfortable place. It's a beautiful little place. They have their, their own community. They're doing their own thing, and they step out of the Shire and it is a world of the unknown. And, uh, and I just was seeing that as I was writing this. We're, we're being called to now live and walk by the Spirit. Without human reasoning, without our own understanding, we are to live in the rhythm of the Lord, of His love, of His plan, of His ways. Moses was leading God's people through the wilderness to the promised land when he asked the, of the Lord, "'Teach me your ways.'" so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you." They went on this extraordinary journey when they left Egypt, when they left the Shire, a little different Shire, but, but how the Egyptians, when they were like, or the, the Israelites were like, man, we, we want to go back. That was safe, we had food there, we had, we had these things there. And it's interesting, every, Marcus and I were talking about this, and, uh, and those, as they went out, they went into this land. Moses had no clue how he was going to feed the Israelites. He, God didn't say, hey, when you go, I'm going to give you this thing called manna, which is, what is it? <laughs> um, I'm going to give you, you know, you're going to hit this rock, and water's going to come out, and everyone's going to have water. Moses did not have a plan. He had no plan. If you think about it, millions of people are following you, and you have no plan. No plan to keep them alive, no pla- Like, even clothes, like, well, what are they going to do? What happens when their shoes were out? What happens when their clothes were out? Uh, but, but he had a trust in the Lord. And, uh, and so I feel like we cannot, don't hold, here's the thing I would say, is don't try to have all your reasons and your things figured out to go, okay, well, God, well, how are you going to do this? And how are you going to do that? And, okay, now I can go. Moses didn't operate in that way. Joshua didn't operate in that way. Joshua didn't know how he was going to take down kingdoms. Uh, he just knew that if, as he put his trust in the Lord, as he was bold and as he was courageous, that the Lord would be the one that actually would, would give him territory wherever he placed his foot. Uh, there is a great trust, I believe, the Lord is calling us into. This is not in the email, sorry. Um, but uh, so it's that teach me your ways that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. That's what Moses asked for. And this is what the response was. As we say yes to the Spirit's leading, we enter into the glorious journey that exceeds reasoning, understanding, and even our imagination. And the Lord responds with two things. First, he says this, my presence will go with you. When you follow the Lord's leading, his presence will go with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And then he says this, then it says, and then he gives a promise that comes out of the first statement, I will give you rest. But this is what I want you to understand. God's plan for us is not to live by rules and tradition, traditions. It's to live in His presence and in that place, we will remain in His rest. However, rest is not a destination and it's not an immobile state. It is a position of our mind and our heart in the midst of an accelerated spiritual movement. God's peace is given through the Spirit, and this is what sets us in a position to overcome the immense battles with the enemy forces that we will face as we take new territory. When we say yes, we actually go up against the enemy. But guess what? Guess who goes before us? It says in Isaiah 60, it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. As we say yes to this, this is where we're going to see... We're going to step into these immense battles where we're going to go, oh, my, what have I just stepped into? But watch what the Lord does as he comes behind you. Uh, we, were just watching, we were just watching this movie with the kids the other day, Narnia. Have you seen the um, – this is the – what's the one? Um, it's with Prince Caspian. It's Prince Caspian. Yeah, thank you. And uh, if you've seen it, at the end, uh, little Lucy is with Aslan. And, uh, and you see this massive army uh, running down towards the river, and, uh, and they're about to cross this bridge. And there's this little tiny girl who walks out on the bridge, and it's Lucy. And they see her, and they all kind of stop, and she goes like this. She pulls out this little tiny knife <laughs> and holds it like this, but who's behind her? Aslan is right behind her, and he begins to roar, <laughs> and he wipes out the entire army. And, uh, and I feel like this is us. <laughs> we have nothing. <laughs> we got nothing, but there's someone that says, when the glory of the Lord rises upon us, we have God on our side. When we step into the battle and we say yes to the things that he desires for us to do, It's like we have Aslan. We got the lion right behind us roaring on our behalf. He's the one that will take out the army. Our little knife is not going to do it, but God's power is mighty, and he is strong to the pulling down of strongholds. He pulls down the strongholds, and this is what we're stepping into. We are about to step into something amazing. I'm telling you, and I can't stress it enough, there is something about to happen. There is a shift happening. There is a move happening. There's a sp- the, the Spirit is about to be poured out in greater measure. And there is a preparation that he's calling us into. And it starts with our hearts being aligned with the Father's heart. And it comes through the Spirit. And when we do this get ready, because we're going to be on the forefront of the battle. He's going to set us up to go right to the front of the battle. We're going to get to be on the battle lines, and we're going to get to be part of this amazing experience where we're going to look back. It's like Moses and Joshua, I'm sure, I mean, they look back, and they, Moses had no idea what he was stepping into, but if you, you know, you go back and look at his life, and you're like, oh my gosh, remember when we went to the to the Red Sea, and we're like, what are we going to do? I don't know. And the Lord said, just raise up your staff. And remember what happened? And the sea parted, and then we walked through, and then all the Egyptians come after us, and they get wiped out. What did we, get, what did we do in that? Nothing. The Lord did it. We just followed in His ways. These are the types of stories I believe that we're going to get to tell our children and our grandchildren that as we just say yes to the things the Lord has, it's going to be Amazing. The last part of this that I wrote, let's see if I can find it. Um, God's will for us is to intimately move with the rhythm of His love so that this love overflows out to the world and becomes the motivation of every movement of our lives. He gives us His Spirit for this purpose, to move us in the very same way, in the very same love That moves him. He gives us a love. that's the same love that moves him. He is love. And he says that we are motivated by that love. When we move, we actually move according to the spirit, which is according to his movement, which is according to his will, his plan, his desires. This love will override any fear that has held us back in past season. This love is the breaking force, the extreme light, the face of Christ that obliterates all darkness, are we ready? Lord, I pray right now that, uh, <laughs> that this would be the season, this would be the time that our hearts, that our mind would be in a position to move according to the rhythm of your love. Lord, I pray that we would capture your hearts, that we would know your love, and that we would walk in your ways. I thank you, Lord, that we will move with your presence and that we will have your rest, that we will walk in your ways. And, Lord, I thank you that you're going to be the protection. You're going to be the one that guards our heart and mind. And it says this. It says that it's the peace of God that guards our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. So I pray for this peace that fear would not be allowed to enter in. and would not have any access. It's not a spirit of fear. It's a power, love, and of a sound mind, and it's, and it's guarded by the peace of God, which comes by the Spirit. So, Lord, may this be a season where we get to engage fully in the journey and in the adventure that you have for us. I pray your blessing. I pray your strength over every person. I pray that we would encourage each other in this, that we would come alongside each other, that we would truly love each other. It starts with the body of Christ, that we would love the body of Christ. And in that, we encourage others in these things. We sharp, iron sharpens iron. We come alongside each other. and We lift each other up. And we say, let's go after this together. Let's encourage each other to go after his love that then reveals the love to the world. So, Father, I just bless every person in this place and everyone watching online. In Jesus' name, amen.